This Satellite Sisters is brought to you by the new Satellite Sisters store. That's right, Satellite Sisterhood, we finally did it. We got you the t-shirts and the coffee mugs and the baseball caps and the onesies that you were asking for. Well, not us, really, just Liz. Julie and I did virtually nothing, but Liz has been hard at work to get the Satellite Sisters store up and going. And who knew? Liz was a retailer. We have collections that you can choose great gifts from or just keep the stuff for yourself. We don't care. We have a Stay Noisy collection. We love that. We have a collection of You're the Best products, a collection that says you can't make new old friends. You're headed to a college reunion or a girls' night out. That's a great coffee mug for your pals. How about a Satellite Mister collection? Because we know there are some of you out there, and we love you, Satellite Misters. So if you want to find the new Satellite Sisters store, where do you go? Well, you can go to our Facebook page, okay? If you like our Facebook page, it's right there. Hit the Shop Now button. Or go to SatelliteSisters.com, look up in the navigation bar, and hit Shop. It will take you right to the new Satellite Sisters store. Thanks, Satellite Sisterhood. You're the best. You are listening to Satellite Sisters Talk TV. This is Paul Dark and Handsome, our recap of the PBS drama Paul Dark. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. My sister, Julie Dolan, is in Dallas, Texas. Julie, a sad, dynamic Paul Dark, but very sad. Let me have my party. Oh Leon, let me have my party. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Aunt Agatha. Uh, first of all, let's just say, though, I have, I have to say we're very grateful that the scabies on Dr. Ennis's face have cleared up, aren't we? That, that made the entire episode more enjoyable to watch, right? Yeah, that was, those were, that was horrid, that stuff. Whatever it was, it was very contagious and oozy and uh, yeah it was disgusting it was disgusting so now let us take a moment of silence for the late great aunt agatha were you shocked that they just killed her off that she actually died i was shocked by the whole storyline yeah that it's her big hundredth party uh she's gonna celebrate she's super happy we had just been mentioning how great she looked a couple episodes she seemed to be getting younger in our eyes yeah yeah. And it's all that vitriol and and superstition that has kept her alive. And then George finds out, oh, you're not really a hundred, old woman. You're you're ninety eight. And he he just turns the screws on Aunt Agatha. Oh, let uh, me have my party. It's all she wanted was her party, Leon. I know. I wanted her to have a party. We all wanted Aunt Agatha to have her party, except for George. Yeah. All right. So here's what happened. I mean, we moved through a lot of plot. I don't know how many episodes we have left. We're we're on episode six. I think we might only have seven or eight, two more, two more episodes of Pole Dark. Far be it from us to actually know. <laughs> right, Liam? I know that information seems easy to find, but it's not, people, because occasionally I do Google television schedule for Pole Dark. Or what happens is you get spoilers, you know, that's you. Right, you which we the, don't want to do because we, we like do. to watch this in a very pure state of mind right. so that we can bring you our very pure commentary right. on Pole Dark. Right. So you're bound to like look up something and, oh, all of a sudden you see, you know, that it's already shown on British TV, of course. And, and so anyway, that's why. That's why it's not that easy. Um I think it would take maybe one email to the PBS PR department, but I haven't done that. 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> Who's got the time, Julie? Who's got the time? We okay. Don't. So shocking episode. Here we go. These are our stories. The terrible death of Aunt Agatha. Okay. The political rise of George. How is it possible? Yeah. The terror of Morwenna's marriage. Breaking my heart. Uh, the recovery of baby Ricketts. <laughs> the recovery of Dwight and Caroline's sex life. I mean, that let's hear that. Me. Yeah. More shirtless Drake, or should I say Smithy Drake? Drake's going to be shirtless a lot, Jewel. I think because he's a Smithy now. It gets hot over that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then we have the saucy sister and the vicar. I mean, yeah, you know that's going to be trouble. What's the brew in there? We had some bowling for aristocrats. I mean, that mm-hmm. was fun. And mm-hmm. then Demelza and Poet Hugh. I mean, what the what? What the, I, I know. Mean, Lieutenant Hugh. Okay. Forget about that. I mean, I we just, we were so happy to have him on the scene. Yeah. Not so much so now. No, no. Uh, and we had some really solid hair this episode. Okay. First, mm-hmm. Caroline, when she got married, how, where did that hair come from? I mean, that was so much hair. I know. I just, if I could have a, just a couple of strands of that, I don't know. It was, it looked, she looked great. She looked beautiful. And as you said, whatever that was on Dr. Innes's face is all cleared up. He gained a couple of pounds, you know, they're back, Leanne. They're yeah. in love, you know, yeah. they're going to have that quiet life. Yes. Yeah. We're happy about that. Yes. All right. And then more hair on baby Ricketts. As you said last week, Julie, you said they're making, they're putting a wig on that baby to make him look more like Poldark. And, I know. And then I thought Poldark looked good this episode. Yes, I he did. He had excellent. Had Sometimes episode. his hair looks sort of matted and yeah. greasy. This yeah. week it was like prime, it prime hair this yeah. week. Yeah. And baby Poldark, yes. I mean, that is an adorable baby with those rosy cheeks. Oh He's gosh. cute. So and cute. the little curly uh, black wig. That's yeah. It's really excellent. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's break it down by all these stories. It's a lot of stories. So, uh, but the terrible death of Aunt Agatha, if, if you didn't watch the show and it's for our sister, Liz, who does not watch Poldark, but there are people who listen to the recaps without watching <laughs> beloved Aunt Agatha, who is nothing but vinegar for George, uh, and predicts his downfall because the baby was born under a black moon. All right. She thinks she's turning a hundred and she wants a big party, but George he digs up the family Bible and says, oh, Agatha's really only 98. Oh, gosh, she was crushed. You know, she crushed. was crushed. I mean, that's all you've got to look forward to when you turn 100, or in her case, whatever. And, you know, and she knows she can't make two more years. She just can't do it. So she just gives it up, Leanne, right? She gave she just... up the ghost. He said, I'm not feeding you and I'm not giving you that party, old woman. And she she tried to wrangle a deal like, I'll be a good girl. I'll never say anything against you again, Georgie. And he didn't care. He is no. cold hearted. Yeah, he is awful. He's awful. awful. But, she, but she does spill the beans at the end of it yes. because she is so yes. mad. She has nothing left. And that's when she said that was not a full term baby, like eight month old, you know, eight month old babies don't come out looking like that. They come out all shriveled and, you know, wrinkly. That baby was plump and beautiful and has the giant head of curly black hair like Poldark, you know, so he, she has she knows George's vulnerability, which is Poldark, Ross Poldark. And so now George, who thought the whole thing was coming together, he's got Elizabeth, he's got he's got the child, he's getting rid of Aunt Agatha, maybe he's getting a political life, but Aunt Agatha knows where how to hurt George. And so now now he has now there's this child in his house that may not be his. Well, quite frankly, it's not his. It's not we know his. That. 
Right. It's right. I was surprised that he was surprised. I thought like everyone was sort of in on it. No, I, well, I, he's an idiot. He's an idiot about okay. that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that was a dramatic turn of events. And when she spits out that bit of information, then it's done. Like it's yeah. done for her. She's she's killed herself by revealing this. And then Elizabeth comes rushing in and she's like, I shouldn't have told him. And Elizabeth's like, told him what? Told him what, you crazy old woman? Right. And she had just taken a hit of morphine downstairs with her sherry. And so she was out of her mind. Now, I, I like that. I mean, I didn't like it when Aunt Agatha just, she died. She died there. And Elizabeth just like left her there. She did, you know, and went, went about her way. You know, she's like, oh yeah, she's dead up in the chair there. I mean, <laughs> and she think that was, well, it's part of the coldness of Elizabeth, you yeah. know, that she didn't weep. She didn't, she didn't try to take on Agatha's body and maybe put it in a repose position. No, she left her like with her head snapped back in the chair. You know, that wasn't very nice. She's out of it. She's out of it, but now she's, she knows, she knows, George knows. It was obvious. It was obvious. So then we had the political rise of George in a, in a twist of fate that Sir Francis, who was going, who wanted, he wanted Ross to run for PM. Right. Now, Sir Francis, I call him Sir Paul Manafort okay? because he has the exact same hair as Paul Manafort. Did you notice that? He does, Julie. That's excellent. Okay. So, and he does sort of the same thing, political shenanigans. So so we'll just call him Sir Francis Paul Manafort. Yeah. So Sir Francis Paul Manafort tries to convince Ross to run. And Ross is like, I don't want to do that. He's like, don't worry. I'll tell you how to vote. And in my notes, I wrote, no, you're the puppet. No, you're the puppet. (laughs) And then like a scene later, Ross says, I don't want to be his puppet. Like, I don't want to be your puppet. But you know who wants to be his puppet? George. George George. wants to be his puppet. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so Ross turns down, you know, uh, the opportunity to represent his, the people, the people to really help the people. Okay. I mean, he's out there, you know, dancing around and with the, with the people, with the merry villagers at the beginning of the you know, of the episode and stuff. But if he really wanted to help the people, he, he, and he knows better because he came from this upper crust. So he knows where the real power lies and how, how if you're not in power, you have nothing in, in Cornwall in those days. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest. I don't know much about the Whigs and the Tories or Napoleon. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, I had to look up some of those things. But uh, so there was a lot of talk of that too. Napoleon's on the scene now. They're talking about that. Um, but it, George is going to get what he wants, even though he just found out that child's baby baby ricketts is not his all right <laughs> then we have the terror of morwenna's marriage okay oh, honestly oh my oh gosh. my god i mean her poor little face oh. the tears streaming down her face she's pregnant from oh, that from, that, from monster. that monster that's what she refers to him as the monster you know and he is the worst uh and she is just there. She has done this for the love of her life, for Drake, because that was the only way to get Drake out of prison 
was to marry the monster. And it's far worse than she ever imagined. Isn't it, Liam? It is. It's Whitworth is the guy's name. He's a vicar, but of course he has the weird foot fetish and he's just big and he thinks he's charming. And you, he suggests that Morwenna have her sister come and you know he's going to make the moves on the sister. Oh, and that's going to be gross. Oh, I know. I know. Morwenna hates him and she just looked miserable. And now she's pregnant and, oh, I know. And then she's she's lying in bed saying how much she loves Drake. And I know. Drake shirtless on the beach thinking. And wet. Did you mention that he was wet, too, on the beach? He was shirtless and wet, Leon. Mm. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. He's. I'm sorry that he's so sad and shirtless and wet. So. It just looks terrible. But then Saucy Sister shows up. I didn't get her name. I, I, I am sure. I, 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 it was a mumbling too. Well, we're going to have to go a couple episodes before, uh, before I, we, we can really attack her name because I didn't really, I'm not even going to attempt it today. Okay. Just, but yes, she's got kind of an attitude. She yeah. is not the pure, no, the pure soul that Morwenna is. No. Uh, no, she's got a little, she's got a little something to her. So, um, yeah. And even the way she said, oh, you, uh, you know, Morwenna confessed I'm in love with someone else. Oh, and she's like, tell me everything. I feel like she's going to use that information against Morwenna. Of course she is, yeah. Liam. Of yeah. course, because that what could make Morwenna's life more miserable, right? right yeah. Is to expose her true love, Drake, you know, and now to have it sort of backfire that they'd trump up some new charges on, on Drake. Yeah. So, uh, so we're going to keep our eye on that. But but, but just one question, where did Drake learn how to be a blacksmith overnight? Did he watch a YouTube on that, a video on that or something? I I just, it's like one minute he's like an idiot, just sort of. An idiot. He's kind of an idiot. He's a handsome, well-built idiot, sort of. Not, not well-born. Certainly not well-born. No, low-born. He's good with the frogs, but. Yes, yeah. he was good with frogs, and he was pretty good at uh, prison breaks. But beyond that, I, I don't know. So Ross has given him what I hope someday will be the love shack, right? He right. has his own place. Oh, yeah, good thinking. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Okay, his own place, a love shack. So maybe there can be some reunion between him and Morwenna. Yeah. But I don't know where he picked up the ability. Did you see that medallion he made? It was sort of... <laughs> You know, it was like the Madonna and child, like the guy's an idiot. How did he learn how to like hammer that out of metal, you know, in, hot in the metal. Last, hot, hot metal. metal in the last five minutes? I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> that was a nice little cabin though. Paul Dark, thank you very much for saving my life when I was an idiot and ran off to France. And uh, so that was a nice little cabin. So yeah, Drake yeah. is all set up and yeah. you know, that brother, we got to keep our eye on him too. He is, yeah. he's, he seems nice. He seems fine. He had a fine show this week, seems humble, but then every once in a while, he's kind of a wild look in his eye. Yeah, he does. And you know, the father was crazy, you know, yeah, so that's a good point. We got to watch this. Okay. Uh, Dr. Ennis is back to doctoring and he came in and he cured baby Ricketts, sort of. He said, yeah. you know, get the baby some sunshine and some fresh <laughs> air. And right. maybe occasionally pick the baby up and maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe the baby won't be a cripple. Basically. Right. And maybe if you, Elizabeth, you know, just cut back on your morphine and with your cocktails at night and nurse the baby, that might be better too. Yeah. 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 You know, how come you're not, the other doctor prescribes all sorts of tinctures, whatever. The, <laughs> the sort of lotions and potions. Yeah. There. 
and, and yep. opium. But no, in Dr. Ennis, he obviously is enjoying being back doctoring because he came back. We had a wedding. For, you know, uh, Dwight and Caroline officially got married, even though we know that they've been married for several months. And mm-hmm. uh, so they went through the ruse of a, a real wedding. That was a lovely toast that Dwight gave. He looked yes, amazing. She looked amazing. And then... Uh, and then Caroline said, should we pretend this is our real wedding night? And he said, every night is our wedding night. Well, I, mean, I know. I love that. I wrote night. that down. I highlighted that, Leanne. <laughs> every night is our wedding night, Dr. Ennis. Yes, there it is in my notes, Leanne. <sighs> okay. So at one point, they all go to Sir Francis Paul Manafort's house. And uh, there's Dr. Ennis, Caroline, uh, Paul Dark, and Demelza, because they're like the for- fearsome foursome, the social right. crew. They double dates. You yeah. have the highborn with the lowborns. Yeah. They're all married in. Yeah, that's good. It's a yeah. good double date. And after dinner, they go bowling. I mean, what was that? That was a surprise. Well, you know, it's it's the game of, you know, of, of the daily. And it yeah. was, it's very trendy to bowl. Yeah. Who knows? But mainly that dinner was important because Captain or Lieutenant Hugh made his intentions towards Demelza very clear. Now, we were worried he was going to go for Caroline or right. perhaps be a foil for Morwenna. But yeah. no, he has zeroed in on the charming Demelza. Maybe it was that ribbon she had woven through her hair. I like that. I like. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought that. it was. First of all, it was a spectacular color. It really offset her beautiful red hair. Uh, yeah, that was something. But you know, Lieutenant Hugh, we had such hopes for him, and no, I, he's like a snake. Yeah, he's like he's just moving in on a married woman. No, Lieutenant Hugh, I say no. Yeah. And he's doing it like it is a game and he's going to woo her with poetry. And he was, you know, saying this little sketchbook. And of course he had drawn a sketch of, uh, Demelza. Right. And Demelza is just, she's just vulnerable enough because she's married to Ross. Okay. And, uh, you know, up until this point in the episode, we still haven't seen the new baby that Demelza just delivered. Right. Where's the baby? Right. I don't know. So, but later in the episode, the baby uh, appears, but here she is. She's, you know, two children. She's doing it all. She wears that Pirates of the Caribbean outfit around all the time and is just helping the community and, you know, and do and just putting up with Ross, right? Because he's, he's a whole thing. And he's not giving her the time of day. No. Right? No. And that's it. Demelza wants a little R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And yeah. Ross just thinks he's the hero now. He's a one-man band. He doesn't need her. You know, he's treating her badly. Sort of. You know, they were they were having some sexy time in the beginning of the show. Yeah. So yeah. it's not – I don't know. I think she just – I don't know what she wants. I mean, I know he cheated on Well, of on course, her. she still doesn't trust Elizabeth. Right. Yeah. And she knows – she knows about baby rickets, right. you know, right. she, she can count to right. nine. Right. And yeah. she knows yeah. that. Too. Yeah. So, so, uh, so the whole thing, Demelza very vulnerable to the charms of Lieutenant Hugh or Lieutenant Hugh. And, uh, Lieutenant. he's, <laughs> he's gone to the left side, the dark he's, side. He's Leanne. British though. Don't they say Lieutenant? I don't understand why they keep calling him Lieutenant. That seems wrong. Uh, and, uh, and so we'll have to see, but she, she's made some veiled threats to sort of, you know, take Hugh up on his, um, his attentions, shall we say. Um, and then at the end, we have the terrible scene of, we have the terrible scene of Aunt Agatha and Ross goes, you know, 
no one, George is so mean and so vicious about her death. He just buries her without a funeral or anything. That and was that, terrible. That, that was, was terrible. terrible. And of course, for some reason, it was even wor- made worse by the fact that the pirate was digging the Captain grave. Hook. Okay. Uh, okay. I just explained to me how was, how was <laughs> he digging, know. how was he digging the grave land? Okay. I don't he know. He has a hook for one hand. I don't know. And he's using a shovel. I don't know. I couldn't understand how he was using. He wasn't making much headway with that shovel. That's for sure. Because okay. the ground was like mortar and rocks. I mean, did you see that? Right. Right. I mean, yeah. Paul Dark took over the shovel. I'm like, that is going to take you all season long to dig that right. grave because. And, and Captain Hook left as soon as, yeah. as 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 Ross took took up the shovel. It wasn't like I thought he would stay and help his former comrade, but no. Yeah, no, no. He had a, he was, he was out of there. He was heading to the pub. Right. So, uh, so Ross was sort of like literally digging deep on his pole dark roots. And he said, it's the least I could do. She was a wonderful woman. Again, he had a lot of good little lines there talking about the political process and his aunt and his family. He had a lot of good lines all throughout the show and some good hair. Um, and then he's still there digging that grave because that was like wet cement filled with rocks. Yeah. 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 So, but on Agatha, we're going to miss you. I mean, I know. we're going to miss her there. Right. It's going to be very dull and dark at that house where George and Elizabeth and baby Ricketts live. Yeah. You know, I mean that, she, I, I mean, we're just, she was a great character. Because Jeffrey so, Charles is gone. He's gone. We didn't see yeah. him. He's gone. He's in boarding school. And on Agatha, we're going to miss you. We we hardly knew you, but we're going to miss you. So, uh Anything else, Jewel, from this episode? Uh, I would like to give the shout out. I don't know if you saw in that charming family scene when Ross and Demelza and the two children were sitting around the table and the fire was was burning. There was a very cute dog sitting on uh, on the couch in the background. Oh, I'd I like did to- notice that. Yeah. Yes, I'd like to see more of that dog. Okay. I think that they think <laughs> I think they can bring the dog forward in the same way that Ross has the most magnificent horse when he's yeah. riding around on the cliffs. That horse is gorgeous, isn't yeah. it? You yeah, know? I don't so, like horses, but I like that horse. Yeah. Yeah. That, Ross has a very good horse. So, uh, so more horses, more dogs. Uh, and uh, just our prayers are with Morwenna, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> our prayers are with Morwenna. <laughs> All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. You can also hear our recap of Madam Secretary here at Satellite Sisters Talk TV. Julie, on this week's episode of Madam Secretary, I was like a page out of Julie Dolan's life. Was that me? <laughs> I mean. Yes. There, were a there lot was of sh- embassy intrigue, Leon. Yes. In a country you're very familiar with. And I don't know. There was a lot of stuff there. I thought you might have some inside information on. I do. I'm going to give you the backstory on some of those situations. Okay. And on our regular Satellite Sisters podcast, that's on its own feed at Apple Podcasts and at Stitcher and soon to be on Spotify. We just got that's, noted. That's so excellent. Yeah, Leanne. We just Spotify got- is a great service and it will be it's so nice and easy for people to be able to listen to Satellite Sister shows on Spotify. Right. So we'll let you know when that's up. We just got the notice yesterday. It's going to take a little bit. Um, but on the regular Satellite Sister show, we cover a lot of ground on this week's show, um, some headline news, but also Liz and I had an encounter with Olympic figure skater Ashley Wagner. We got a chance to 
talk extensively to Ashley this week. She prepares for the Pyeongchang Games and the Olympic trials. And she gave us a lot of good inside information on the skating world and her lung program and, you know, how she trains. It was really fun to talk to her. So uh, you get a full report on U.S. figure skater Ashley Wagner on the regular Satellite Sisters. All right, Jewel, have a good week. You too, sister. Yeah, say say a prayer. Say, say a prayer for Morwenna. For Morwenna. Morwenna, we hear you. And don't forget, call your satellite sister, Morwenna. Call her.